0: I think it's safe to say that if you had one experience as a healthcare provider or a community around the country with COVID, you really had one experience, meaning that each community experienced this differently. I know some of my colleagues in some very hard hit communities, it's just been a hellhole, still is right now for them, meaning that they're going through issues where their friends and their colleagues are getting sick, they themselves are getting sick, and people are dying both that they're taking care of and among their co-workers. And then there's a community like I work in, a city of 500,000 people, where I feel like we barely got hit. I mean, we do have deaths. I saw deaths from COVID. We have floors that were dedicated to COVID. But overall, if you talk to me or my hospitalist colleagues, the last month and a half has been among the easiest months that we've ever had, just because so much was shut down and so many people aren't coming to the hospital for so many different reasons that we all know. We literally were usually sitting around the hospital's office by 2 p.m. every day, and that's really rare for us. I mean, a lot of us run late into the night on a typical day. And even the night shifts had really low numbers coming in. And things could change anytime. We could be in for a huge wave of the pandemic here in Colorado Springs or in Colorado in general where things are falling apart everywhere, but may or may not happen. We don't know. If we don't end up having a surge here in Colorado Springs of patients, I think it's fair to say that the biggest impact on our community, not just in this last month or so, but really for the long term is going to be the economic one. And the result of that economic huge burden that so many have taken on here, and it's really been a lot with a lot of people that I know, is not only going to be worse crises in healthcare, such as depression and suicidal ideation and not getting cancer screening you know we can keep going down the list but major psychosocial issues will be huge i mean we're talking about on the most extreme ends homelessness and divorce and really too many things to talk about and that's not really the biggest point of what i'm trying to get at What I do want to talk about is trying to find a middle ground here because I don't see this thing going away anytime real soon. And it's even possible that deaths from COVID could be for years to come if we don't get a good vaccine or a good treatment that's 100% effective. And so it'll be like influenza where we have a certain amount of deaths each year, maybe more, influenza in the future or maybe there will be a certain herd immunity and that it'll be less you know a year or two down the line who knows we certainly know that the death rate for COVID-19 is higher than influenza that's proven but we just don't know where we're gonna be two months from now two years from now a decade from now and we would never shut down the country completely for let's say two years, even if the pandemic raged and still kept at a one, 2% death rate, whatever it ends up being. So we gotta find some middle ground. And that's the problem where we're at right now. There's extremists really on both ends. And some of these extremists are coming from a very genuine place. So if you're in healthcare and you were at ground zero where everything's falling apart and there's not enough PPE and you're just seeing death all around you, including your patients and your friends and your coworkers or maybe even family members of course in that situation you're going to feel very strongly that we should be in total lockdown mode and on the other end of that if you are parents with little kids and both have lost your jobs and you're seriously in breadlines every day and see yourself being on the streets in a week or two you're going to be on the other extreme where it's like hey sometimes we got to thin the herd meaning the slowest, sickest deer may get eaten by the mountain line, and we got to leave that one behind, but not let everybody in the herd and the pack die and accept that sometimes things are very sad. And then you go back to the other extreme where people say, hey, listen, there is no amount of money that's worth a life. And nobody actually really believes that, meaning that everybody still believes that despite 38,000 car automobile deaths each year, that it's still okay to drive and if we were completely honest about things we could build $500,000 cars for every single human or everybody in the US whatever it is that you care about and ultimately we could build extremely safe cars with a lot of radar detection cars that simply won't go over 65 miles per hour I mean you could think of all the things that we could put into this where you could put a lot of money and really decrease the risk of death, but we don't do that because we accept risk. We have found a middle ground with almost everything in life, and sometimes it ends in true tragedy, right? So if it's you or your kid or family member or best friend that dies in a car wreck, we wish we had spent more, we wish that we'd put in all kinds of protections But we know there's a reality. And maybe when we are forced into this middle ground, which I think we're going to be forced into soon, um, despite pretty much on social media at the moment, I think this will change. There are people who are extreme, like, no way, don't restart anything in society. And then there's the protests in all the capitals and places where we've seen people saying we need to get back to completely normal right now. We've got to find a balance and the balance may have to happen in communities differently will have to happen. Meaning right now, New York's kind of in a meltdown. You know, they don't have enough health care providers and people are really packed in with an international community. And then there's place like where I live where people are pretty spread out. Our hospitals are not that full and we have one, sometimes two COVID-19 floors, and then the rest of floors are pretty empty because we're not doing electives and all kinds of other things. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Like we're trying to conserve PPE, and there's reasons why we can't go back completely to normal. There are huge drug shortages around the country, including here. So we don't have as much propofol as we want or paralytics. So we can't just do tons of elective colonoscopies that use things like gloves and gowns and propofol, and you get it. And the reality is that we may be in a place one week from now, one year from now, who knows, or the next pandemic, where we have to pull back big time and go into even a bigger time lockdown than we have been, bigger social distancing measures than we've been taking. But what I'm telling you is that right now, that's not the case. And so we have to look at each community differently. And so why we are not allowing one haircut at a time where you only let one or two people in the barbershop and then you clean the instruments and clean the chairs. Restaurants allowing them to have tables 10 feet apart when we have a community right now where literally our number of new cases of hospitalized COVID are less than half a dozen a day. And I can say that most of our hospitalized patients with COVID survive it. Some have not. At the same time i don't want to go back to full concert arenas here or at red rocks and denver places that we all go to or am i advocating to open up the stadium so i can see the nuggets finish their season and they were number two i really felt like this was their year we could have won the championship but we have to give that up because there has to be a middle ground we don't want to spread this thing like wildfire And at the same time, we have to accept that it's going to spread and there's going to be some risk and we have to allow for that. And I'm 46 years old. I am not somebody that's at super high risk for dying from this. But let's face it, this has hit healthcare workers harder, right? And they're getting more exposure to this virus and probably the viral load when they do get exposed is a lot higher than it would be for a lot of other people. And as a result, I'm very aware that I could be impacted and my family can be impacted as much, if not more, than most people out there. So I'm not taking it too lightly. What I'm saying is that this became political. And when things become political, the truth usually lies somewhere in between the extremists. If you hate Trump and happen to have enough money to ride this thing out, I have a lot of friends on social media that would like to see this go on for three or four months longer, not just because they hate Trump, but because they don't want to see one more death. And in the back of their minds, anything Trump says, they want to do the opposite. And then I know plenty of people, because this is Colorado Springs, a pretty right-wing place, that hate our governor, hate Governor Paulus. And the fact that he shut this state down in any manner whatsoever Is driving them nuts from day one they literally see him as a tyrant and pretty much any decision including his COVID-19 restrictions and shutting down the ski resorts and even mountain trails and all these other things they see him as someone who took away all their liberty their economic success and I would say that we really have to find some common ground I mean I trust me I am no Trump fan when he said that major hospitals only need two ventilators. Like an ER couldn't survive on two ventilators, let alone ICUs and operating rooms. I mean, we all know this, but, you know, we can go down the list of all things he said that are crazy. But I can tell you that our Democratic governor, I think, took things a little too far as well. So I am pleading for that middle ground. And the reason I'm doing that is because I think another part of the extreme side of this has been from the healthcare community. Now, again, I'm saying it with the understanding where some of you have come from has been deep fear from really true lived experiences. And that's what made you extreme about this. But I see online forums that I'm part of with COVID that have lots, I mean, tens of thousands of healthcare providers that want to have big petitions signed to keep the country shut down completely. And i totally get that in the communities that you are in and they should still remain with major social distancing and true consequences for breaking lockdown if it's going to put the public at major risk but i'm telling you there are large parts of the country the majority of the country that is not in that situation and i totally get the flattening the curve argument And I think it has worked to a small degree. I'm not totally as convinced I mean, I don't know how we can say with science how much it worked or didn't work Um, We'll look at some countries that don't do it some countries that do do it and we'll try and figure that out Um, There's a lot of people obviously in healthcare that believe it was an amazing success I'm not as convinced just because I saw what was happening at Costco's and Safeways and Kroger's and King Supers, and then saw the pictures in jfk and O'Hare and all these you know debacles that happened in airports where we kept people in lines for half a day with everybody coughing around them and my point of that is is that people for instance in colorado springs i don't think it was that much different anywhere else panicked and all centralized into places like a costco where the lines were insane you had to wait for two hours sometimes just to check out It didn't meet my definition at all of social distancing. And how do we compare that to a control, meaning like someplace that didn't do that? As it seems like nearly everywhere, we were concentrating people for the first two, three, four weeks, depending on the area, into places where everybody was tightly packed. And this was before we were told to wear masks and all these other precautions. But the past is the past, and we'll reflect on that, and maybe we will get some data. I think it's going to be very hard to say what the real data is, meaning if drug addiction and overdoses and suicides and not doing cancer screenings because of lack of resources is a big problem in two years. Do we blame that on the economic effects of COVID, and how do we compare that to the COVID deaths But I do think we've entered a time where we do need to find some middle ground in that we can't just listen to the extremists on both sides. And it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who once said, I dream of a world where truth is what shapes people's politics rather than politics shaping what people think is true. So we got to move on from the extremists. You know, there's the farthest ends of this where everything's a conspiracy and this was overblown and we shouldn't have done any kind of social distancing, and I know plenty of people on the other side that think we should be in complete lockdown mode for the next six months, and neither of those are correct. At least not in my opinion, and that's all I wanted to share today from somebody who is in healthcare, somebody who is concerned about this pandemic, and is also very concerned about my country, about what the world is going through, and this was a plea for that middle ground. All right, you've been listening to Hospital Medicine Podcasts. This is Dr. Gil Peratt. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you on the next round.